podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference Plus. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your water cooler for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Joining me right now, a voice you are used to hearing here on the show and a voice that I'm always glad to hear alongside myself, Andy Mitz. How is it going? I am hoping that your week went a whole lot better than the week for the Big 12 did. Um, I mean, let's, let's just dive in. It wasn't a great week if you were expecting for half, you know, for, for the Sweet 16 to have five or six Big 12 teams in it, but I'm not surprised by who has and has not advanced at the time of recording this. Look, we could have waited all night long until the TCU-Gonzaga game completed before we recorded this, but I'm not going to do that because I have to go to bed. Um, so that game has not tipped off as of now. It is currently 8.20 p.m. That game should be tipping off any minute now, but uh, it has not tipped off yet. So as we sit here, Texas and Kansas State have advanced to the Sweet 16, as has future Big 12 team Houston. Uh, we are waiting to see what happens with TCU. And if what has happened so far this weekend holds true, TCU will advance, given the fact that I am currently wearing a Frogs home-filled apparel shirt. More on that in a bit. I mean... Andy, I know it's not great because Kansas got upset in the second round by Arkansas and didn't make it through. Uh, Baylor upset by Creighton, even though we talked about this here on the pod and we didn't think Baylor would probably get past Creighton. West Virginia losing in the first round. I mean, it stinks, but I didn't think they were going to get past Alabama anyways. Yes, we would like to have seen Iowa State losing in the first round. We would like to have seen more Big 12, but some of the stuff is either stuff we kind of called when we were last uh, chatted last Monday, when we did our, our bracket breakdown show, or things that had we been talking along the way, I think we would have said it's not surprising. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we'll we'll start with Kansas first. I have to ask: Did you wear that Arkansas home field shirt that you got sent? Because if you did, we might have some problems, Philip. So let me say this: um, <laughs> wives before co-hosts. Uh, for those who don't know, I live in Arkansas. I am married uh, oh, to a family of Arkansas right. fans. Okay, fine. Uh, Homefield's mystery box that they were doing for the tournament. You get two shirts you know, for each weekend. Well, I'll get two more next weekend. The two shirts I received were from Miami and Arkansas. Here's the thing. Uh, every team that I have worn a shirt for so far has won their game. I'm sorry, Andy. Which is why I'm wearing my frog shirt right now in hopes just, that this trend will continue. Because if it does, um, y'all, go ahead and just send me a home field shirt for your team if you want to guarantee a victory. Uh, another word. Network 12. Another word. Not your first purchase. There you go. Fairly Dickinson, assuming that they can hold on against FAU because they are up as of us recording right now. Um, we need to get one of those shirts to you as quickly as possible because, man, I would love to see the year after St. Peter's went to the Elite Eight. 
let's get some fairly Dickinson into the uh, th- the the final four because that would be just you know even a- more well, awesome. So twelve one start to the second half at the time of recording this. People love when they're listening to a podcast and they're updating them about scores uh, about games. Oh, well, no, that, that, that was the only update that I was going to give because no, I'm no, just yeah. hoping that by the time Can people we... are listening to this. <sighs> But no, if you listen so, to the Connor Hitchcock interview, like he talked about getting together the St. Peter's, like standing in a bar, watching what's happening around Purdue fans and, and making that happen. I'm just like, I don't know where Connor is right now. He's currently trying to negotiate. And they did within like a couple hours. They had the contract signed the next day. There's six fairly Dickinson shirts. Are we, are we going to hear, is complete. are we going to hear that he was calling up the Fairleigh Dickinson people among a bunch of Purdue fans as well. Because if that's the case, then Purdue fans should just not allow him anywhere near them during tournament (laughs) time, because apparently that's a problem. So Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, We'll see if we can get that story from Connor. Um, All right, but no. Network, I mean, just, let's just wrap up ahead. home field real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, Network yeah, 12, home field 15% <laughs> off your first order. Uh, seriously, if TCU does win, it's because I've been wearing a shirt for each program. Uh, so go ahead and just send By me the way, shirt. it does not uh, work for me because every single home field shirt that I have been wearing, the team has lost. I was wearing the, my Kansas shirt. KU lost. I was wearing the Auburn shirt. I put it on immediately afterwards, and they lost to Houston. So, um yeah, I will not be wearing any home field shirts from teams that I actually want to win the rest of the way because apparently I'm a jinx right now. It's been that way for the last half of the season. KU's done better when I haven't worn their apparel, and for some reason I decided to go ahead and do it. Um, so, you know, it's it's half your fault, half my fault, but you at least have a good excuse with family members that are Arkansas fans. So, but I wore Kansas day one, TCU day two, uh, Arkansas day three, Kansas state this morning. And after Kansas state's game was over, I put on my TCU shirt. Too bad. You didn't put your Baylor one on. I don't have a Baylor shirt. Oh, well then there's the problem. It's Connor's yeah. fault then for not, for not sending you a Baylor shirt, right? No, <laughs> I, no I, I, again, you know, uh, if you're a Houston or Texas fan, or you're a fan of another school and just happen to be listening to this and they're still in the men's bracket, send me a, send me a shirt. I might be good luck for you. Um, and, and Look, don't worry, our friends over at the Scott Holman podcast, I will not be wearing my Houston shirt the rest of the NCAA tournament for you. So, <laughs> I still welcome. can't believe I got an Arkansas shirt. I hope I, they give me. I, I hope it's – someone is going to end up with a fairly Dickinson shirt because they made it to this – Well, Oh, my gosh. We'll you see. know how freaking awesome it would be if I get if I pull a fairly Dickinson shirt out of my box that's coming uh, for this – I won't wear it because I really don't want to jinx them after that. But anyway um, – Jumping back to the teams, because, like, Kansas, you know, yes, Kansas was upset by Arkansas, but that was the matchup that I was probably the most worried about um, just because of the way that they play. You know, Kansas, you can say what you want about having McCuller back. McCuller still didn't look like he was 100%. Um, He was still dealing with back spasms. And from what I understand, from what Norm Roberts was saying before the game actually started, that they were more worried about McCuller, you know, than not having self. Turns out they probably need both of them. Like McCuller needed to to have better play because his back wasn't wasn't uh, you know causing him problems. But also, you looked at some of the things that happened down the stretch for Kansas. They did not make the adjustments that you're used to seeing a Bilsoff team make. And I think part of that's just Norm is not you know a guy that normally does that. We saw that against Texas in the Big Twelve tournament. Like we saw that where he did not necessarily make the adjustments that you would have expected. Like when things changed. It was players on the court that were doing things. It wasn't necessarily Norm calling it from the sideline. And and that's not to, like, fault Norm. Like, this is not his – it's not his program. He's not the guy at the head, you know, 
a lot of times, especially when you're filling in for a guy like Bill Self, like you just let that ride. You let the players do what they've learned and you don't try to mess with it too much. And so I don't necessarily fault him for that, but you could tell they didn't have that edge you're used to them seeing at the end of a game where Bill Self can call that perfect play, can, you know, point out, hey, you need to watch this guy, get the defender where he needs to be. Unfortunately, and, and of course, missing, you know, 15 free throws. I, I don't actually know the number. I just made up a number, but it sure felt like 15 free throws that they missed <laughs> in the game. That definitely didn't help, especially when you lose by one at the end. Well, you're look, I got into a bit of a debate on Twitter yesterday about this is an Arkansas team that it's finally healthy. Like it's it's you got Nick Smith back. Nick Smith missed most of the season for Arkansas. And I and look, I understand Nick Smith went zero for four. He didn't contribute from a point standpoint, but like this is an Arkansas team that is actually healthy. If 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 Arkansas is healthy most of the season, they're not an eight seed. And so you deal with that kind of stuff of you end up getting facing a team who is now the team in the tournament, not the team that had been playing most of the season. And so you get a healthy Arkansas. You get a Arkansas that finished down the stretch. And I, and I do think the point is, oh, by the way, they were 18, uh, 25 from the line. So they missed seven free throws. Uh, Arkansas missed five, but again, you missed seven free throws. You lost by one point. I, I do think you, you you didn't have Bill Self. Right. Exactly. This isn't the same as, you know, I've seen some people talk about Texas and yada, yada. And I'm like, Rodney Terry has been the head coach for most of this, for like 95% of the season. It's not the same argument as you lost your head coach beginning of the Big 12 tournament, which is essentially the most difficult stretch. Now, now you're in the postseason. And so, uh, look, you faced a good Arkansas team. I'm not going to, like, it sucks for Kansas, but I'm not going to fault Kansas for losing that game. And I, I don't mean to be honest, like, the further they went without Bill Self, like, it's just getting more challenging. Like, I would not have picked Kansas over UConn next week because I don't think Bill Self's going to be, would have been back next week in either. Like, I just, I don't yeah. think you recover from having a stint placed in you within well, no, a couple and, of and weeks. I mean, to the, you know, to be fair, like, that was why they approached it the way that they did. And you, there was there was a bunch of us in the media room of the Big 12 tournament talking. It's like, man, they're talking about him coming back next week. It's like, that feels like it's a, this is what we tell the committee so they don't knock us down a line. Um, yes. Because not having Bill Self, that is, like, that's worthy of knocking you down a line. Like, if you're not going to have Bill Self for at least two weeks in the, in the tournament. So, saying that there's a, you know, a chance he could come back in that first weekend – just like when you have a guy like Kevin McCullough, who was, you know, day to day after his back spasm. Now he ended up coming back for the first game, but I would not have been surprised if, you know, he also had to be held out because his back didn't get better. Like th there was a real question going into the week of practice, whether he was actually going to be able to hold up for an entire week of practice and get to the Howard game. So like you, you tell the committee those things because that's your expectation at the time. You don't have any reason to believe he's going to be out for an extended period of time, but there's a very real possibility with a serious health issue like that, that, you know, he's not going to be back. And so, you know, it's, it's that exact same thing that we talk about is how much different is a team when they're losing a big piece. We're used to seeing Kansas teams having to deal with, you know, David McCormick coming back from, from COVID in the 2021 year, you know, you've had Joel Embiid not available for the tournament and losing to Stanford. Like, we have seen these sorts of things happen to the Jayhawks before. And every single time you point to, Hey, there's a big reason why, you know, the, the, the tournament's enough of a crapshoot as it is. Um, throw in some big wrenches and, and obviously Arkansas getting back some big players and being fully healthy. And, you know, that's just the kind of thing that happens. I, I think it helps as well. Just looking at how much chaos there has been throughout the entire bracket so far. I mean, 
you know, you look at you look at Princeton winning two games to make it to the Sweet 16. So the second straight you know year that we've had a 15 seed make it to the Sweet 16. Um, now Fairleigh Dickinson, you know, has an opportunity to potentially get to the second weekend as well. The first 16 seed to ever make it. Like them, the way they beat Purdue was not like a Purdue. Well, no, I'm sorry. It was definitely a lot of Purdue just not shooting well at all. Um, but they had a very good game plan to take away the most important player on the floor. And they were able to do that, and it worked out really well for them. We are seeing more and more as we go through time here that this this tournament is getting much more competitive. It's a lot harder to scout teams. It's a lot harder to to know how all these teams are doing it because there's so many different ways to do it. The transfer portal helps you know teams to come on in, in ways that you're just not expecting. And so... I'm not going to, you know, I will not be shocked if we have this sort of chaos happening year after year, maybe not quite to the same degree, but something similar where we have a lot of upsets really early, a lot of weird upsets that you just don't see coming because of the way that all this is set up. So um, nothing to be super ashamed of if you're, if you're Kansas, it, it happens. Um, you know, there was definitely some, some, I guess, questionable uh, results for the rest of the big 12 as well, though. Like I was, I was honestly surprised um, the Iowa State went out when they did. You know, I was, I was, man, West Virginia. They started out the gear, the the tournament looked like they were going to pull out that win, and then they just collapsed down the stretch. And unfortunately, that's something that we've seen from West Virginia multiple times this year. It's what kept them from being super competitive in the Big Twelve in terms of the final standing. So, um, it's just not the great showing that we were expecting to see. What I'm asking myself now is, do I want a team? like Houston to make a deep run so they can come into the, you know, big 12 being a national champion. Although we, we then can't say that we have three big 12 national champions for the last three years because they weren't technically in the big 12 when it happened. Although, you know, thinking about it, go the sec route, you know, just say, Hey, it's, it's our conference now. I mean, look, West Virginia losing in the first round. Yeah. I thought they could beat Maryland. They looked like they had a chance. It was a close loss. Okay. It's the tournament's the first round. It's an eight nine game. Uh, I I didn't think they had a show. I mean, Alabama smoked Maryland. Alabama was going to smoke West Virginia. As far as Iowa State goes, what did we talk about on this podcast? What is the one stat I keep hammering constantly every year since 2011 when the first four was introduced? One of the first four, except for 2019, one of the first four teams advances to the round of 32. The two biggest opportunities, because they're usually the non-16 seeds, were... Arizona State against TCU and Pitt versus Iowa State because those are the two plans. And TCU almost lost. They got past Arizona State in an incredible game. Big, huge comeback. Iowa State was... I saw the uh, the, the shot quality uh, Twitter account posted that basically, like, Iowa State should have won that game from a shot quality standpoint. Like, they took good shots, and Iowa State could not hit the broad side of a barn. They couldn't hit the ocean from a boat in the middle of it. Like, just could not do it. And, like, it stinks. But we've seen that kind of offensive output from Iowa State this season. So it wasn't terribly surprising. It stinks it came in the first round against a, game, a team in a pit who got two wins this year because they in the postseason because they just uglied things up. But they were one of the hottest teams coming out of the of their conference tournament in the Big Ten anyway. So yeah, like, but, but it stinks that Iowa State points. lost. Like forty one points though. Like that was... how they lost is not is surprising. They they put up they helped hit to fifty nine and lost by almost twenty. Okay. Yeah. It's was... it was ugly. But again, like when it comes to this stuff, like sometimes you have to ignore the team and look at the stats and look at the history. Just like you said it. 
Three straight years now, we've had a 15 seed make the Sweet 16. A 15 seed. Was ORU in 21? ORU in 21. See, I completely forgot about ORU in 21. So, man, that's three years in a row. That's That's insane. Yeah. um, Some of this stuff is just starting to happen. Look, there's there's two ones out. There's two twos out before the Sweet 16. Um, It, who knows? But we have a chance, again, here's hoping for TCU to find a way to knock off Gonzaga. It's not going to be easy. Um, I'm hoping that TCU, that when we're when everyone's listening to this on Monday, they're all like, nah, TCU got that win. We got three Big 12 teams in because we do have Kansas State and we do have Texas advancing to the Sweet 16. I still feel good about the, the, the Texas-Houston Elite Eight matchup in the Midwest in Kansas City with one of those two teams advancing to the Final Four. Like, I... I know that like Xavier has played very well. This has been a good Xavier team. They they Kennesaw State gave them a little bit of fight. Then they played a pit team that I don't like. I know they beat Iowa State. I know they. I don't think this is a good pit team. I think Texas Texas had essentially their their kind of bad game against Penn State and got the win. Like that was the concern with Texas is they're going to have a game where the three ball doesn't quite land the way they'd like it to. Like I think Texas had their bad game against Penn State and are set up to get past Xavier and face off against Houston, whether they face Miami or Indiana. Because the problem for Houston was, can you beat a good Auburn team when you have a bad game while Sasser is still banged up? Can Houston now take this next week to get healthy and feel and be closer to 100%? Because if they are closer to 100% and Sasser's feeling good, like I'm picking Houston over as at the time, let's see, Miami, Indiana, I don't know what the score is. They're still playing. I don't care. Uh, let's see. Miami is up six uh, in the first half. Up oh, ten in the first half. Yeah, it's it's uh, looking like Houston. it's going to be Miami, but yeah, I'm going to pick Houston. Like I'm picking Houston in the game, so I'm I'm sitting here feeling good about a Houston Texas matchup in Kansas City. And and the best part is, I think I think I'm I'm actually on board with Houston in that one. One because I I just Texas is the one of those teams that I am I am still waiting for the other shoe to drop. But also, if I, you know, if I really have to be honest about it, I would much rather a Houston team who's coming to the Big 12 win a national title than a Texas team that's leaving the Big 12. So, yes, I'm going to I'm going to uh, show my Big 12 bias there. And even though Texas is part of the Big 12 right now, um, if it was up to them, they'd already be out of here. So, uh, but yeah, you know, there are still plenty of opportunities. I find myself in the unenviable position of having to root for Kansas State is probably one of the best bets to to make a national title appearance. Um, as a Kansas fan, that pains me deeply. But if it has to happen for us to have three Big Twelve champions in a row, then I will I will grin and bear it and just deal with it. So, I mean, I think Texas, Houston, both have a great shot because I feel like one of those teams yeah. will be in the Final Four. Oh yeah, I, I do. And so, from that situation, look, I, I'm not going to overblow. Everyone's going to talk about Kansas State's got this great path now. Yes, really. you get to face a seven seed. <laughs> you get to stay to seven seed in Michigan State, but folks, like, if the We're Big Ten tries far. to say how, if the Big Ten well, tries look. to say that it's a really good conference because Michigan State made the Sweet Sixteen, no, Tom Izzo, one of the best active college basketball coaches ever, made the Sweet Sixteen. He was, if I remember correctly, he's got like one of the, like the most wins of any like lower seated team or sub eight or I forget what the stat is, but it's like, yeah, the man knows how to coach no matter what seed he is and he's success. So it wouldn't shock me if, if Tom Izzo comes in and out coaches Jerome Tang. That's not a shot at Jerome Tang. That's just how good Tom Izzo is. So Kansas state's going to get everything they can from Michigan state. 
And it's not a bad Tennessee time on the other side. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna pick Tennessee against either Fairleigh Dickinson or FAU. I just kind of am. Um, like this is a good Tennessee team. Yeah, they had some ups and downs in SEC play, but this is a good Tennessee squad. I think we get Kansas State, Tennessee, and so Kansas State's gonna have to go through Tom Izzo and then probably Tennessee to get to the Final Four. I like, like it. it that's not an easy. It's not an easy road for Kansas State. Can they get through it? The way they're playing, absolutely. Yes, they can. Like, I believe in Jerome Tang. I believe in the roster there. Like, I think Kansas State can get to a Final Four, and it would not shock me if they did. But they have a difficult two games that they've got to get through to get to that spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... And let's not forget, like, this is these, you know, this is the same program. Obviously, different teams and different, you know, personnel that's there. But this is the same program that the last time that they beat, you know, Kentucky in the second round, they then faced a Loyola Chicago team that, uh, you know, was on their way to a nice big run. So it's not a guarantee that even when the path opens up for them, that they can make it because that's just the way that the tournament is. I mean, lots of teams have done that where everything seems to fall their way. And then all of a sudden they're the next casualty in the miraculous run of whatever Cinderella happens to be bouldering their way through. So um, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of still, you know, weird things to happen in this tournament. This is one of the tournament, like we always talk about how, you know, the first weekend is for all the weirdness and then the really good teams make their way to the final four. Um, I would not be shocked if this is a year where we have some really weird wonky stuff still set to happen, especially in the West and the East um, where, you know, I could see something where like it's TCU Arkansas in the, in the uh, elite eight trying to make it to the final four. Like, not saying that that would be my pick right now, but like I would not be shocked if that happened at all because of the way that that entire bracket has been shaping up. So, um, lots of intrigue. If if I can get over the fact that Kansas is no longer in the tournament, which I'm sure I will, just give me a couple days and then I'll be you know ready to hop back in for more basketball. Um, you know, then then you know we'll, we'll be all right, and I think it will be a good opportunity to watch some high quality basketball at the end of the year. It would be good for TCU to get past Gonzaga. That would help the Big 12, the current Big 12, not future included, match the SEC and the Big East. The Big East, that would be the conference you said was overrated, Andy, on this podcast, uh, with three teams in the Sweet 16. The SEC, of course, has Tennessee, Alabama, and Arkansas. Big East has Creighton, uh, Xavier, and uh, UConn. Sorry, uh, I had to stop and think about that for a second. Uh, the ACC, if Miami holds on, will be have Miami only. The Big Ten has Michigan State. They might have only one school. The Mountain West has San Diego State. That's the first, I mean, which is incredible because Mountain West was like 0-11 in, in NCAA yeah, tournament games for a while. Uh, and then, again, maybe Ivy. Conference USA gets one. Uh, maybe whatever conference FDU is in gets one. Uh, and, of course, we have to see. The Pac-12 has one with UCLA. So, it, look, it would be nice for TCU to be able to advance and get the Big 12 the same number in the Sweet 16 with three uh, to go along with uh, the SEC and the Big East. Uh, I don't know what else we can talk about on the men's side. I, I do think... Like I think Texas Houston should be in the Elite Eight. Um, I think Kansas State, like it is Tom Izzo, but I do think Kansas State has a real shot at, at getting past Michigan State and facing a good Tennessee squad. I don't know about TCU. I just don't. Like I, I don't want to talk about this game because it's going to go on. And I don't want. I don't want the show to be that right. dated. No, um, exactly. 
Here's what I'll say. If TCU does get past Gonzaga, I just that stretch is hard because they're out west, because it's going to be in Vegas, because you now you're going to get through a Pac-12 team out in Denver and then a, a West Coast team in Denver and then go to Vegas and play a UCLA and then either an Arkansas or a UConn. But I just, like, this route for TCU is tough. Uh, I think UCLA is very good. I think UConn's playing exceptionally well. Um, I, I w- If TCU gets past Gonzaga, I'm not sure I would pick TCU to come out uh, and to make the Final Four out of the region. I just think it's so hard. Um, do they have the potential for Mike Miles to get hot and for them to make a run because of how how good he can be? Yes, absolutely. TCU has the potential to be one of those kinds of teams to just just get hot despite where the you know the home court advantage for you know both Gonzaga tonight and UCLA. But I'm I'm have a hard time picking them to make a Final Four run. It's it's just it's just location, man. It's hard when yep. you got to go basically face be road teams week in and week out. So. Uh, from the men's side, I feel like that's a pretty good spot to to end on. On the women's side, you think it's been bad for the men, dude? Uh, six teams enter. As of re- recording this, three teams remain. They all have opportunities to make the Sweet Sixteen on Monday. That would be Oklahoma, uh, Baylor, and Texas. Iowa State getting upset by Toledo. Uh, obviously, Jamie's not here. She had a rough travel. Uh, to get back, so she is not with us tonight. Uh, Oklahoma State blowing a 17-point lead in their game against Miami, who will now face Indiana, and West Virginia losing to Arizona, which isn't that... You know, that that's fine. Right, um, not a good showing for the Big 12, period, uh, at all. No. Um, Texas, looking at Baylor, who's got to face two-seed UConn, Oklahoma's got to face... What is it? Uh, Michigan State... Oklahoma is facing up. UCLA. Oh, great. At UCLA. Um, and then uh, Texas will be at home against Louisville. Like, it's not good for the women. Six entered, three are left, and I'm not going to pick all three to advance to the Sweet 16. There might be one Big 12 team. I was going to say, 16. Texas might be the only one, um, in, in which case they'd have to go face Stanford and Seattle. Yeah. So. The Big Twelve got screwed when the seeding came out and the lack of can the lack of Kansas. Um not getting to have anything any more than one host school put them in a bad spot. I just like I at the end of the day, I think the Big Twelve got screwed and I think it, it showed because it is so hard to pull off upsets on the women's bracket because of how because you're at home sites for the first right. two rounds. Um we see ha- upsets happen. Oh, it's it's all the time. Obviously, Toledo getting past Iowa State, but now Toledo's got to beat Tennessee at Tennessee. So it's just, it's tough. Uh, it really is. I hate what happened to the Big 12 on the women's side, and this does kind of feel like a season where we just kind of, hey, it was a nice year. We had a lot of fun. The postseason happened, and we look forward to next year. West Virginia shopping for a new head coach. Uh, they lost their head coach to Minnesota. Uh, we will talk with Jamie to try and see if we can hear any rumors as far as who might be a candidate to take over at West Virginia for next season. They're back on the market for what is the, let's see, um, I can never pronounce her last name correctly, but Pleatwitz, uh, I think was what it was, is um, do their two seasons, and now she is gone. So West Virginia back looking for a women's head basketball coach along with TCU. I'll be very interested to see how those searches go and what comes from them. So, so one other note before we do move on, we do have uh, 
WNIT action. There were three Big Twelve teams that were in the WN, uh, that are in the WNIT, and they all won their first round. Um, I know that Kansas will be hosting Missouri coming up on Monday night, um, which should be actually it's the first time that those two teams have played since Missouri left the conference. So it will be interesting to have that happen in postseason play. Um, it's the first time for anybody affiliated with this Kansas program because Brandon Schneider was not the head coach the last time these two teams played. So. Um, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I will be in house. I will be enjoying that matchup, and hopefully, I will be enjoying it because this is a this is a Kansas team that should be able to beat Missouri. We'll see how how well they come out playing. Um, but the hope is that the Big Twelve can get all three of their teams: Texas Tech, Kansas State, and Kansas, moving on to the final sixteen teams in the WNIT. Yeah, Texas Tech will host uh, SMU in Lubbock. On Monday at 6 o'clock, God's time. Kansas, of course, will host Missouri, as Andy mentioned, in Lawrence at 6.30. And then Kansas State is hosting Wyoming as well. Uh Uh-huh, Wyoming on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Time in Manhattan. So, big opportunity for those programs. Oklahoma State, the only Big 12 team on the men's side to make the NIT. Uh, They have won their first two games, the first one being on the road at Youngstown State because of just some personnel issues. Uh, then they were able to host Eastern Washington uh, this week and get past them. So now they will host North Texas. And Texas Tech fans, if you're listening, you want to know why you haven't hired a new head coach yet. It's because he's still coaching in the NIT. I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek about Grant McCaslin. Uh, either that or ORU was so bad in their first-round game against Duke in NCAA tournament because Paul Mills was too busy uh, negotiating his contract for the Texas Tech men's head coaching job. These are the two people I think are most likely to be the next Texas Tech head coach. We will see what happens there. But Oklahoma State will now face North Texas. Uh, that game is on Tuesday night with a chance to go to what is uh, essentially the, the the last four. I'm not going to call it the final four because it's not what it is. The last four teams, who I believe they have moved the uh, semifinals and finals of the men's NIT from where it used to be in Brooklyn and is now in Vegas, which... I uh, I just I just don't I don't I don't like it. The NIT should be played in New York. It just kind of should. Like that's where it's supposed to be. Playing it in Vegas is yeah. weird to me, but whatever. Uh, we'll see. So good luck to every Big Twelve team that is still in action in basketball. Um, like I know we could like ramble and go longer here. I don't know that we necessarily need to. Um, soft, lots of baseball and softball action this weekend. Uh, we will talk about that midweek. We will have softball interviews this week. We will deep dive. Big weekend for Texas Tech. Big week for Texas Tech. Three wins over ranked opponents this past week, sweeping Texas Tech or Texas State midweek and then getting one against Maryland. It's big. Big for Texas Tech. I am all in on the uh, Big 12 getting five softball teams into postseason. We'll see if they can do it. But we'll talk thick ball, both men's and women's uh, midweek. We've got some guests lined up, a few other things. Andy, I feel like... I feel like we could probably just wrap here. This feels like a good episode. Works for me. March Madness. I can get to bed. You can get to bed. Uh, I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Y'all, we'll be back midweek. Like I said, lots of stickball talk. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you then.
Social Podcast Network.